Welcome to the Valley Bear Community Church Podcast, and thank you for joining us online today. You're about to hear a message from our two-week series, Spiritual Conversations. To watch any of our previous messages or find all listening platforms, we encourage you to visit www.valleybrook.cc forward slash on demand. Enjoy. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, everybody online. As you can tell, we are starting a new series. It's called Spiritual Conversations, and you, and you just got an overview of it. But just a reminder that somewhere along the way in each of our lives, someone or maybe several people told us about Jesus. And we came to that place where we believed in him and we put our trust in him. We started to follow him. And so we're starting this series called Spiritual Conversations. Um, Now, along with this series, we're giving everybody a free copy of this book, 21 Days to Increase Your Spiritual Conversations. You can pick one up in the cafe after the service. We want to encourage you to do so. If you're with us online and you'd like one, just send us an email at connect at valleybrook.cc and we'll send one to you this week because we really want to share this information with you. Uh, The reality is, is as we use this book, we recognize that it's, it's a devotional workbook and it will help us really open our hearts and our minds to having those conversations. And, um, it's not a coincidence that we're having this series at this time of year, because in this season from now through the celebration of the birth of Jesus, people are really open to spiritual conversations. They're open to talking about that. That's also, as we said earlier, why we give the live nativity to our community and we invite you to partner with us because it really, uh, really helps that we all recognize this is a place to invite somebody to that can open the door to those spiritual conversations. So before I dig in, let's pray. God, we thank you. We thank you for the fact that somewhere along the way told us about you. We thank you if it was a parent or a grandparent or a friend or uh, another member of our family or, or maybe someone we didn't even know. But Lord, we, we're grateful that that happened and that we accepted you and that you have come into our lives. So Lord, I pray that you would just work in our heart through the power of your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, I was thinking about it this week. We tend to think that the disciples of Jesus were spiritual giants. Uh, We we tend to think that they had it all together, that they knew everything. Because when we read the gospel, sometimes we just sort of put them in that uh, pedestal so that uh, they look like the epitome of someone we should model our lives after. But the reality is, when you study the Gospels, when you look at the stories about Jesus, you see that they, they also struggle with that. To say that they never had fear or knew exactly what to share about Jesus would be, be inaccurate. They didn't. They're just like us. In fact, that's what the Bible tells us. In fact, when you study through the Scriptures and you look at the night that Jesus was arrested, uh, one of his closest disciples, Peter, would not even admit to a a lowly servant that he had been with Jesus. He he wouldn't even acknowledge it when when they heard his accent and knew he was from the region of Galilee and that Jesus was. And they said, he's a Galilean. Aren't you a Galilean? Weren't you with him? And three times we know he denied him. Why? Because he was afraid. He was without power and feared for his life. In fact, Scripture tells us that even after the resurrection, that not just Peter, but all of the disciples 
They were meeting together behind closed, locked doors because, of they, were, because they were afraid. But interesting, in less than two months, on the day of Pentecost, we see Peter do something unlike anything he's done before. He stands up before a crowd of thousands of people and he tells people about Jesus boldly and with no fear at all. He tells this crowd of both Jews and Gentiles that they need to believe in Jesus, that they need to repent of their sins, that they need to turn to God and that they need to be baptized. And in, with that boldness, uh, God used his words and thousands of people, we're told, responded to that message and became followers of Jesus Christ that day. Now, what happened between those two events on the night Jesus was arrested and, and on the day of Pentecost? Why did Peter and the others stop hiding behind those closed doors? What made the difference? What happened was this. God poured out his Holy Spirit on all of the followers of Jesus, both men and women, and they were filled with the power of God. They were filled with boldness. They came out from behind those locked doors, and they were no longer filled with fear, but they were filled with boldness. The power of the Holy Spirit was living in all of them, including Peter, and they testified to the wonderful things that God had done. And this, this wasn't a one-time experience with the Holy Spirit, okay? When they came to believe in Jesus Christ, when uh, God poured out the Holy Spirit on them, that was a forever thing, not a once-and-done thing. The Spirit was with them permanently, as he is with everyone who is a follower of Jesus. So, not long after the day of Pentecost, Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, Peter and John, actually, they go up to the temple in Jerusalem. They go up to pray, as was their custom. They saw a man who wasn't able to walk. He had been disabled from birth, and they, he started talking to them, and they talked, they returned the conversation, and, and they healed him. Now, when people saw that this man that they had seen for days, for months, for, for years at the temple asking for help, they saw him healed, walking. They were amazed, and a crowd gathered around them, and Peter now, in his newfound boldness and his spirit-filled power, realized this was an opportunity to have a spiritual conversation, not just with a couple of people, but again, with lots and lots of people. Now, he began to tell them about Jesus. He began to tell them, and they listened, and, and many of them believed again. And big picture, this didn't set well with the religious authorities, and it didn't sit well with uh, the captain of the temple guard, and um, they were arrested. And, and the next day, they were brought before the rulers and the elders and the teachers of the religious law, and even the high priest of Jerusalem was there. And they began to basically interrogate Peter and John. They said, how did you heal this man who couldn't walk? Now, you need to understand this was an intimidating audience, but Peter wasn't intimidated, not at all. The Bible tells us, again, filled with the Holy Spirit, he spoke with boldness to this very powerful, intimidating audience. And Peter told them that he had healed them through the power of the name of Jesus. Now, again, the Bible tells us that those religious leaders 
were upset, but they also were amazed. They were amazed at the boldness with which Peter spoke and the authority with which Peter and John spoke because the Bible tells us this, that, that they considered these guys to be uneducated, to be ignorant men. And by the way, if you go back to the original Greek in the book of Acts, you'll see that the Greek word for ignorant is idiotes. Is there an English word that sounds like that? Yep, idiot. Yeah. So um, they considered Peter and John to be idiots, to be uneducated. And yet they shared with, about Jesus with authority and boldness. Now, only God's spirit can, can use an idiot to turn him or her into a bold person to speak the truth about Jesus. Now, we also know from Scripture that that boldness never went away from Peter. He eventually became the leader of the church in Jerusalem. Peter knew the power of the Holy Spirit as a follower of Jesus, and he preached with boldness until the day that he was martyred as a follower of Jesus. In fact, uh, once he, he wrote one of his, he wrote two letters, you find them in the New Testament, and one of those letters, he, he wrote it to the churches throughout Asia Minor, and he told the followers of Jesus to do this, to always be prepared to share the hope that you have in Christ. And so what we see in Peter's life is this truth. The Holy Spirit empowers us to be his witnesses, each and every single one of us. Now, as we talk about having spiritual conversations with people, some of you are thinking, I'm not really bold. I'm sort of timid. I could even be considered weak when it comes to that. Some of you are thinking, not only am I not bold, but I wouldn't know what to say. But as we've walked through part of Peter's life, I hope you see that the Holy Spirit gives us power to be his witnesses. I hope you saw how the Holy Spirit gave people even the words they needed to say. In the book of Acts, we read what Jesus said, what happened to the followers of Jesus. And this is what we see. He said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people everywhere about me. And that wasn't just for the disciples 2,000 years ago. That's been for every successive generation of followers of Jesus. Now, uh, let me remind you, and uh, um, when you became a follower of Jesus, the Bible tells you this, that you were given the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit came into your life to give you power, among other things, to be a witness for Jesus, but to remind you of what it means to be a follower of Jesus also, which part of that is to be his witness. In fact, I want to share with you a story this morning with actually a firsthand testimony of someone who experienced someone who was a witness for Christ. And, and this person indeed was empowered by the Holy Spirit. Now, what I'm going to share with you is something that's actually on a video blog from uh, Penn Gillette. If you know Penn Gillette, he's part of the magic duo uh, Penn and Gillette. He's a professed atheist, and he tells a story about after one of his shows how uh, a gentleman came up to him to uh, talk to him. And he said that's pretty normal after the shows that, that people come up and they want to ask about the magic tricks or those things. And he made a, a, a lot of comments about this. Person. He said, you know, he was a good man. He said it over and over. He said he, he was genuine. He was caring. He said he gave me eye contact. And, and he was very caring for me as he spoke. And he gave me a Bible. 
And he said, listen, you know, I, I'm an atheist, but, but I respect that. In fact, this is what Penn Gillette said. He goes, I'm an atheist, but I don't respect people who don't witness. And then he goes on and he says this, if you believe there's a heaven and a hell and that people could be going to hell, how, could, how much do you have to hate somebody to not tell them about Jesus? That's convicting. You know, I, I would encourage you to, to Google that and you can watch the, the whole thing. It's about five minutes online, but, but think about it. This is a man who says, I don't believe in God. I don't believe there is a God. But he respects somebody who believes enough to tell him about his faith in a caring and a gentle way. So we've all been empowered by the Holy Spirit to be his witnesses. And this brings up a very important aspect about that. The Holy Spirit calls us to follow his way, all right, versus our way. In the fifth chapter of the book of Galatians, the Apostle Paul talks about Christians and how they should live with the Holy Spirit, with the Holy Spirit dwelling in them, how they should follow the Holy Spirit. And, and he makes a distinction that we can either follow the way of the Spirit or follow the way of the flesh, meaning our, our sinful nature. And he goes on to say that the way of the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit is in our lives, that he's going to bear attributes in us. And those attributes would be these, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Boy, don't we wish we could have all of those in abundance. On the other hand, he says, if we follow the way of the flesh, our, our sinful way, uh, then our lives will exhibit these kind of attributes. And this is just a part of the list. Hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions. Now, unfortunately, we are seeing a lot of those behaviors amongst Christians these days. And that destroys the ability for a Christian to be able to be a witness for Jesus. The, the hate the discord, the anger, the rage, the factionalism that we see in the secular culture has sadly come into the body of Christ. And when people who aren't followers of Jesus or people who have left the church see that kind of behavior, they say, if that's what being a Christian is like, I don't want any part of that. And we can understand why. First and foremost, the behavior that we see in that anger is not of the Spirit of God. And secondly, we have to recognize that that destroys our ability to witness. Now, let, let me pause here for a moment and clarify something. Um, the Bible is not saying to us that when we have feelings of anger or feelings of frustration that that's sinful. Remember, our Creator gave us the ability to fill the whole wealth of emotions that we feel. So those are valid emotions. God made us able to feel those. But God's word tells us that what we do with those emotions can be sinful. All right? It's okay to have them and to acknowledge those feelings. But if we let those feelings lead to hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and the like, then we're living out of our sinful flesh. 
All right? We need to make sure that we place our allegiance in Jesus above all things. That's right. At the pinnacle of everything, above all people, all positions, all politics, we need to put Jesus at the top and let his spirit fill us and lead us and guide us. We need to be sure that we are following the way of the Holy Spirit. And, and finally, we need to pause and ask ourselves one question before we say anything before we go to social media and post anything, we need to ask ourselves this. Will what I want to say or post give glory to God and attract people to Jesus? If it doesn't, we don't need to say it. Peter counseled us. He counseled the followers of Jesus throughout Asia Minor that the way of the Spirit is the way to do things. And, and this is what he said. If someone asks you about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. But do this in a gentle and a respectful way. Now, this wasn't something that just Peter understood. The Apostle Paul also understood that. And so he counseled Christians this way. He said, listen, live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. You know, as, as followers of Jesus Christ, we need to recognize a truth. When we decided to follow Jesus, we also became a witness for Jesus. You can't separate the, truth, the two. So you're either a uh, powerful witness for Jesus, or you're not. Uh, you're either uh, demonstrating what it means to be filled with the Spirit or what it means to be filled with the flesh. So we, we need to understand that we are always a witness 24-7. We can't get away from that. Both the apostles, uh, Paul and Peter, knew this, and, and they said that if you follow the way of the Holy Spirit, then when you have spiritual conversations, it's going to make people see what Jesus has done in your life and people will find that interesting and want to know more. And they said this because they knew this truth. The Holy Spirit will help you know what to say. And that's probably the biggest fear people have. So what do I say? What if somebody has a question that I can't answer? Uh, I don't know what to do. Listen to what Jesus told his disciples. He said, you will stand trial before governors and kings because you are my followers. But this will be your opportunity to tell the rulers and other unbelievers about me. When you are arrested, don't worry about how to respond or what to say. God will give you the right words at the right time. For it is not you who will be speaking. It will be the spirit of your father speaking through you. Now, listen, I don't expect that any of us are really going to face being arrested for following Jesus, but I want you to see what Jesus is saying about being a witness for him and sharing with others what Christ means to us. And here's the reality. Nobody can argue with your experience of what Jesus has done in your life. That's something that you have lived, something that you experienced, and so you're just telling somebody what Jesus has meant to you. When we follow the way of God's Spirit, we need to trust Him. Trust His guidance. Trust that He'll lead us to do 
what we need to do to share with others what Jesus has done in our lives. That we can share the faith that we have and that he'll give us the words that we need. So I always encourage you to to be yourself and trust that the Holy Spirit will give you the words. Uh, Greg Ogden has written this uh, about followers of Jesus Christ. He says, we all have a story to tell about what Christ has done in our own life. A witness, he writes, is someone who simply and accurately tells about what they have seen and heard. We all can do that. Our witness is to tell what difference the grace of Christ has made in our lives. We have something to offer because we have a treasure that we're not supposed to keep to ourselves. The Apostle Paul said that the more he was aware of Christ's grace, the more he worked to make sure that others knew about it. When Paul was forced to defend his faith, He simply told his story, the story of how he came to faith in Jesus. So let the Holy Spirit guide you as you tell your story. Now, let me just give you a couple of things. Just I think that we all need to remember these things. First, you're not responsible for the outcomes, okay? You're not responsible for making anything happen. You just need to let God work in you and let the Spirit work through you to say what you've experienced, what he's done in your life. I would encourage you to do this, though. I would encourage you to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to fill you with power, to help you follow his way, and to give you the words that you need to be a witness for Jesus. One other thing that I would encourage people to do is this. You do need to know your story. I I encourage people all the time, you know what? Write down your story and familiarize yourself with it so you can tell it naturally, so that it really becomes your story. Uh, This week I was reading in this book, uh, 21 Days to Increase Your Spiritual Conversations, and I, I want to share with you something that they tell us as followers of Jesus we should do. They say, write down the names of all the people in your life who don't know the joy of forgiveness and new life in Jesus. When that list is completed, pray for each person, one by one. And and after praying for each person, ask God if there is anything he wants you to do to support the work he's already doing in that individual's life. Maybe it'll be a phone call. Maybe it'll be a quick text or an email to encourage somebody. Maybe it'll be getting together for a cup of coffee or, or maybe it'll be a specific thing for which that you're supposed to pray for that person. Many times, we won't hear anything about what we're supposed to ask those individuals, but sometimes the Spirit of God will prompt us to take a particular action. So that list is one that you should commit to praying for regularly. Now, I recognize that saying that, you may say, well, you know, Clark, everybody I know is a follower of Jesus. I say, you know what, that's okay. So this is what I would encourage you to do. Ask God to help you build relationships with people in your community that he's placed in your path, in your sphere of influence, and get to know them and really be a genuine, caring friend for no other reason than that. But when the opportunity arises and the Spirit prompts you, then go ahead and share with them what God has done in your life. So build those new friendships. And lastly, what I would encourage you to do is walk by the Spirit, not by the flesh. Be willing to follow the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Just even ask 
the Holy Spirit to, to make it clear to you. I, I want to close with, with a final story, but I'm going to invite the band to come on up and get ready for the final song. This is a, an apocryphal story of, of what uh, maybe the conversation went like with Jesus when he ascended back into heaven and he ran into the archangel Gabriel. So Gabriel asked Jesus, well, uh, how, how did it go? Did you complete your mission to save the world? And Jesus replies to him, he said, well, y yes and no. I, I modeled a godly life for about 30 years. I preached to a few thousand Jews in one corner of the Roman Empire. I died for the sins of the world and promised that those who believe in me will live forever. I burst forth from the tomb on the third day to show my circle of 120 frightened followers that my life and story are God's way to save the world. And then I gave the Holy Spirit to those 120 and left them to finish the task. You mean, Gabriel asked in amazement, your whole plan is to save the world depends on a ragtag bunch of fishermen, ex-prostitutes, and tax collectors? That's right, Jesus said. But what if they fail? Gabriel persists with growing alarm. What, what's your backup plan? There is no backup plan. I'm counting on them, Jesus said confidently. Who knows if that conversation happened like that? But the truth of that story is this, is that everybody who has come to faith in Jesus is part of God's plan to share the good news of Jesus with a world that needs him. You and I are part of that plan and it requires that we actually talk to people about our faith in Jesus. Yes, we need to back it up in the way we live our lives, but it requires that we have spiritual conversations. And so that's why I'm challenging myself and I'm challenging you to begin to lean in to having spiritual conversations, to lean into that. And that's why we provided this resource to you. Why? Because we believe that as we work through this for 21 days, we're expecting the Holy Spirit to begin to work in our lives and in our relationships and start something that isn't a 21-day project, but a way of life. Why? Because we're God's plan to share the good news. So I want to pray for all of us that we would lean into those conversations and, and do what God calls us to do. So if you would bow your heads and pray with me. Father, as we have come here today, we have been challenged by the truth that your Holy Spirit has been poured into our lives. The Holy Spirit gives us power to be your witnesses. The Holy Spirit gives us power to share with others what you mean to us. And the Holy Spirit will even give us the words to say. So, Lord, we want to trust in the power of the Holy Spirit. We want to lean into that truth. We want to be your witnesses. So, Lord, again, we ask that you would give us the power that we need and the boldness to be obedient and that we wouldn't let anything get in the way, that we would be your witnesses and have those spiritual conversations. And, Lord, I also want to pray for anybody who may have realized that they've never put their trust in Jesus. And if that's you, I want to invite you to pray these words to Jesus silently, wherever you are. God, I do believe in Jesus. I believe that he died for my sins and he rose again from the dead. 
I believe that he sent the Holy Spirit to empower me. And so now I want to follow him all the days of my life. And Lord, we say amen to all of these prayers in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. It is our sincere hope that it has blessed you. For more information, visit our website at www.valleybrook.cc.